Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club, which is a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Oh, colorful backgrounds. Yeah. Oh, exciting. We're here. Yes. Yes. We stand it. We love it. We're doing it. (laughs) And today we are back with part two of Obelisk Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The second book <laughs> in the Broken Earth trilogy, written by N.K. Jemison. Yes, yes. So before we get into that, um, we have a few like announcements that we just want to say super quickly. Ooh. Um, so uh, Akko and I, funny enough, fun fact, we had our first ever guest appearance on another podcast. Um, like literally another podcast was like. <gasps> Y'all should be on our show. And I was like, oh, uh, oh, so, okay, cute. Um, so the show in, in question is called Don't Call It a Book Club. And on that podcast, we essentially talked about um, a few different short stories by an amazing queer, non-binary Singaporean author by the name of J.Y. Yang. Um, so it's just like Akko and I chatting with the host, Dan and Luke, about, uh, yeah, the stories in question, but also just like, you know, talking about like, what we would do if we were clones and like just, mm. just a bunch of other just fun, silly, wacky adventures. You should... You should listen to it. So the episode came out on September 3rd. We know that this episode is going to come out a little after that. But yeah, show them some love. Um, let, them, let them know that, you know, we like sent y'all over and stuff. Because yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really, really good episode. It's super funny. Very ridiculous. And I'm like, honestly, like at the end, they were like, yeah, girl, y'all should come back. And I'm like, we, y'all want us to come back? I mean, girl, we can't. <laughs> like, but I was like, wow, so we weren't too irreverent. Thank God. Okay. Yes. So we did that. And it was super dope. So yeah, so hopefully fun. we have more opportunities like that. Because yeah, it was nice to just, you know do other things mm-hmm. and on top of that um we also got a recent shout out on apple podcast by a Yay. username by the name of i'm just gonna spell it out skr141 and it reads i've only listened to a few episodes but what a great podcast you all dig into the works with great depth and also humor love the dynamic between the two of you which <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. We love it. Um, at the end of the day, yes, it's like, yeah, girl, we're talking about books, I guess. But it's also just like, we're just here to get, we're here for the kiki. Like, we're here to enjoy ourselves, <laughs> have a good time. So I'm really glad that that's translating over. So yeah, I just, true. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> things are happening. It's, it's what nice. What do I say? We're here for a, for a good time, not a long time. That's How, like existence, right? Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so just some announcements, some fun things. Hopefully in the future we'll have some similar things to report. But, yeah, I just wanted to let y'all know those things. Yeah. Now, I think you guys want us to jump into the summary. But we can't because I <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> have a question. I'm trying to Yes. What, what, <laughs> what is your question? Okay, so now the moment of the big reveal. Oh my gosh. Again, once again, Marcy never sees the questions ahead of time because, oh, actually, sometimes, sometimes he does, but not today. Recently, okay, not really. Kind of into it. Right? I, I'm, you know, it's like Jeopardy. Okay, so <laughs> for 400, what would, mm-hmm. you, what would you rather have? What would you rather have? Origin powers, but every time you use it, you turn a little more into stone, or be a still, but still be in this like fifth season world? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Oh, fuck. So it's like, I could be an origin, but every time I use my powers, 
some stone eaters eating my ass. Not you know, my ass as in my being. Um, and like, and, or I could be still and just move along with the world. Oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, honestly, fuck. I don't know. Because I was going to say I would want to be an origin because I feel like they're better able to defend themselves. But honestly, being a still is just like so unremarkable and inconsequential that I'm like, I think I actually would prefer to be a still just because like, if you're an origin during a season, it's like, you got to deal with the discrimination, the hatred and a season. And every time I try to use my powers, like I, you know, like it's like someone's eating parts of my body. Yeah, I think Mm. that just sounds really complicated. I think I'm like, girl, we already in a season. I think I would just like (laughs) take like the whack ass root and just just be a still and be like oh look at me my name's Lerna I like it let me not let me not do Lerna like that <laughs> you know like, just like I Lerna's like just I'm trying just, to live right I'm sorry girl Lerna if you're listening girl I'm sorry um but yeah I do think I would just kind of be on that still shit maybe I'd be like in solidarity with origins but not like one of them um, okay so what if you weren't gonna get like what if you would turn into stones slowly but not get eaten at least not right away Oh, so it's just like a kind of a more long-term thing? Yeah. In that case, I think I'd want to be an origin, actually. Just because but you never know what's going to happen with a season. And it's just like being a still, you're just so defenseless. Like, it's like yeah. if if a bunch of people, if like a whole group of people just like ambush you, it's like, I mean, what what are you really doing besides screaming and running away if you mm-hmm. even escape, you know? So like... At least if my origin powers were, like, sickening, like, if I was just really, like, if I had, like, nine rings at some point, like, really was out here just legendary than a motherfucker, like, I think I would rather be an origin. So, I was like, even if I'm, like, discriminated against, like, I can just ice motherfuckers if I need to. Um, right. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. I got, I got, I got a couple of toes. I got some toenails. I got some hair. You know what I mean? We could start right incremental, like, I could lose, like, the the tip of my my pinky i'm okay with that if i could like stop a boil beetle from like right me and my loved one i could i could i could take the hit i could take the hit (laughs) but i think i would be upset like the first of all i feel like the stone eaters are kind of um terrifying when they eat you Mm. (laughs) i know it's like a mercy thing but you're also like um i don't know how i feel about being eaten like the kind like the sensation of being consumed (laughs) sounds yeah uncomfortable yeah yeah that's yeah that's that part where i'm like these stone eaters are y'all just like kind of sexy but like creepy as fuck like i'm not right i'm not sure how we feel about this Um, yeah i am conflicted because i'm like kind of like hoa's kind of dope and i'm like but isn't this also kind of from hoa's perspective as we find out later in the story and you're like yeah so what does that mean yeah it sounds like it's time to take a break so that we can get into the summer (laughs) let's do it We're back. That we are. Yes. So before we get into part two of what happened in Obelisk Gates, um, just a super quick recap on what happened in part one. Basically, the narrative was split between we had Eason on one team and then we had like Nason, who's her daughter, and Shafa on the other team, pretty much. Um, those are pretty much like wh- where their narratives were, were intertwined. So on Eason's end, essentially, she was just like in Kastrima with um, Tonki and Hoa sometimes, Lerna and Alabaster. Alabaster let her know that basically the reason why there's seasons is because the moon, like, 
you know, its orbit got fucked up and like basically she needs to like connect to all the obelisks to like catch the moon on its way back because Alabaster started the season, which brought the moon coming back towards Earth. So they just have to catch it and then the mm-hmm. seasons will end and then Father Earth will be like, look at, look at humanity. <laughs> so that's, a, she was like, oh my God, that is stressful. And Alabaster's like, ugh. Easton, I'm turned into stone, which is which is true. He was turned into stone. He's like, Ryan, I got time for this. I just need you to catch this damn moon. She's like, I just this, and that was that was pretty much where that left off. Um, on Nason and Shafa's end. So Nason was traveling with Gija since pretty much the very beginning of the season. She ends up yes. running into Shafa in this community called Jakiti, but they have a specific origin community within it called Found Moon. So there, Nason basically is like kind of it kind of goes through like a low key fulcrum, but like minus the oppression part, where like Shafa and like a couple other like origins and like you know guardians will like train together. And in this process, Nason discovers that she can also connect to the obelisk, similar to Eason. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a bunch. Of, she turns one of her friends to stone on accident. She discovers that there's a fulcrum up in the north that motherfuckers didn't know about. Yeah. Gija tries to kill her, but then Shafa has to get him together. It's a mess. But we're here. So that's pretty much what happened at part one. Um, again, super fast. So if you want to hear the details, definitely listen to part one. But as far as our predictions were for like what was going to happen in part two, honestly, wild. Literally, I just, I'm looking. Okay. So <laughs> apparently I thought that like <laughs> Eason and Nason would like have like a toe-to-toe, like, you know, like Hinata versus Neji type of battle, which... No, I mean maybe in, in in the last book, but not certainly not this one. So that absolutely did not happen. Um, I did mention that the guardians are definitely from that place inside that volcano. That like alabaster was like kind of near it with with, with um, allegory alligator. What's her name? Uh, oh my god, Atomic. And- Atom- acrimony. <laughs> Astronomy. We'll see acrimony. <laughs> Antimony. There we go. Antimony. Thank um, you. Yes. <laughs> so basically, I was like, I think that the guardians are. Fr- I thought that the guardians were from that. Um, from that volcano and basically they were sort of like a tool of, of like father earth to push origins out more or less into like you know basically as like a punishment which i still think is true i think that's actually very valid um mm. I, I apparently i thought that coro and enon were somehow still alive i was like oh girl i think coro might be the uh like the narrator in which no sis like it's it's, it's not um yeah it's Hoa. so you know that's what I thought. What did you think, Akko? <laughs> so I thought Hoa was related to, like, Uchi, her son, um, Eason's son. Mm-hmm. Not not true. Um, also thought <laughs> that Nason was going to be the one to move the moon, which, true, true. So I got one. I got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when you're on, like, looking at your exam and they're, like, going through the answers and your teacher's like, okay, number four, A. And you're like... And she's like number five <laughs> B, and you're like yes. And she's like number she, she's like number six through eight C, and you're like ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but Shafa and Eason are gonna meet again. I thought that was true. Still mm-hmm. could be not in this book. You know what I mean? This book, yeah, but still could be. Yeah. And then I thought Eason was gonna kill Jija. Wrong. Incorrect. Because Nason did it. So yep. there you and go. you know, I have thoughts about that. But you know what? I have thoughts we- too. Before we get into those thoughts, though, let's do the summary so people are on the same page. (laughs) Aka, do you want to start? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we broke it up again, Eason versus Nason. Not versus, but, you know, in two parts. So I'm going to start with Eason. (laughs) (laughs) We're making it adversarial when they're like, actually, we're going to reconcile at the end of this book. And we're like, yeah, yeah, my bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's it's fine. But, um, okay. So Eason basically is in Kestrima. She's Mm -hmm. teaching the other origin kids to control their powers, which good idea because it's going to come in handy soon 
while simultaneously talking with Alabaster about how everything works and mm-hmm. there's like this knowledge dump basically where Alabaster's like just so we can get on the same page and move the plot along Easton I'm going to tell you about everything that's going on Easton's like oh, he literally said that he's like yeah girl we gotta move the plot along and Easton's like yeah yeah, yeah girl you're right and they're just like right she's like she grabs her popcorn she's like okay no, right. so. <laughs> like she starts flipping the pages and it's like wait right. what the fuck I'm like, like Easton are you reading Obelisk Gate like I'm confused like what the fuck he's like I don't know what's gonna happen next that's crazy so so Alabaster is like okay. <laughs> I know that they told us that guardians die during a season, but they actually don't. So their silver patches mm-hmm. become corrupted, and they start working for Father Earth, who mm-hmm. usually wants them to like kill Origins or at least make them do the Earth spitting, mm-hmm. which could be we don't know what Father Earth spitting is. We don't. We haven't talked to Father Earth. We haven't had a sit down, Ianla, you know, conversation. <laughs> Fix <should>. my life. <laughs> right, exactly. So that conversation is interrupted by the fact that Ika rolls up and she's like, Tonki's doing something. So stop her or we got to kick her out of the com. And mm-hmm. so Ethan's like, uh, okay. So she, Hijarka, and Ika, and I think that's just the three of them. They're like running up this like stairs. Like apparently this con is very tall and like has crystals everywhere. It's like really beautifully described. Yeah. So they're running up it and then Ethan's like, oh my God, what could be happening? And um, Ethan's like, I don't even know how Tonki knew this place existed. We have been here for like literally years and it took us forever. Like she found it so quickly. So right. Ethan gets to the door. And so Tonki has barricaded herself <laughs> into the control room. And like uh-huh. Ethan rolls up and she's like, Tonki, you, you can open the door. I can break it down. And Tonki's like, shit. Okay. Give me a second. So she yeah. opens it up. She finds that they, they walk in and basically Tonki has been like experimenting and trying to figure out basically how Kestrema works because it's like origin technology. And she's like, I, mm-hmm. I've been able to decipher some of the language. And she's like, and if you push this thing, things start working and moving. And Ethan's like, what does this thing do? And Tonki's like, stop touching things because you're going to, you're, you're an origin, a powerful origin. You're going to set something off. And like one mm-hmm. of the obelisk shards actually does start like glowing red with a warning. And Tonki's like, told you yeah. and Ethan's like e- okay I get it um so Ika's like you know Ro- sorry super quickly yeah uh, how how do you pronounce her name because I've been saying Yika it might be Ika whatever uh, yeah I just uh, it's spelled Y-K-K-A yeah yeah maybe it is Yika doesn't matter I guess I guess just yeah just as far as clarity for for the listeners you know like yeah if you hear Ika it's just that yeah we're just talking about I guess we just pronounce this a little bit differently but yeah it's the same person so it's like yeah. when people are like I've been pronouncing Hermione Hermione until like the movies came out I will do Ika <laughs> that's it. I'm usually wrong about this point but no no no, no you're fine you're, you're fine continue <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I gonna go back to my like, hook on hooked on phonics? I was like, I guess why sometimes says I, but sometimes says you. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So you can, <laughs> we're just gonna go with you can keep it standard, people. <laughs> uh, no one cared. No one needed that. But anyway, so you can like, look. Um, I understand that you're doing these like fun little experiments, and I actually even find value in it. However, you're gonna get us killed on some Miss Frizzle nonsense. So if you could kindly not, that'd be great. Nice. Lisa's like kind of like honestly, I don't disagree. And Tonki's even like honestly, I don't disagree. I, I'm a gymnast. <laughs> I do get excited, but since she's like, um, speaking of being excited, I'm gonna grab this piece of iron and run out of the room because I still want to do my experiments. And they're like, what, what, what? <laughs> Tonki is gone, has bolted from the room. Unfortunately, oh what she picked up is alive. It either probably has some magic in it or something. 
Yeah. Or maybe not. It's it's unclear, but it goes into her arm and it's like moving down her arm and Eason's like, oh, okay, it's going to kill her. I need to like use um, magic to get it out. So she tries to find like the silver line inside her, inside of um, Tonky's body and like pull out the silver, the, the iron. But while mm-hmm. she's doing that, something is talking to her and it kind of sounds... <gasps> evil <laughs> it's evil and she like severs something and she kind of like severs like some of her a lot of her arm not completely off but a lot of it and yeah. the iron does come out but Eason's like okay that was dark um i don't know what all this is about um yeah. but it's okay because luckily tonki is fine um oh wait thank god but before that we have an interlude at which point we realize that Hoa actually and not not Jija or um what's his name from Miov Enon or Enon yes <laughs> none of those people are narrating the story of Toa Hoa has been doing it the whole time <laughs> and you're yep. like oh interesting which and felt we- too obvious but it was it was the only logical <laughs> right person, like who else honestly. could it have been <laughs> I was like, oh, it has to be a gag, and it literally like Jimison was like, no, it was, it was, it was, it was just Hoa girl. Like, I mean, y'all just made it really complicated. Oops, right. like, girl, what? <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Our bad. And Hoa is basically like, look, so I'm killing other stone eaters because they're trying to hurt you, and I don't want them to. And I'm actually really, 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 really old, and I've just been pretending to be in a younger form so that I like didn't freak you out, which you kind of do because people kept being like. Who is a stone eater? Man's probably like a thousand at least. And and Eason was like, at don't care. Least. <laughs> like it's like, girl, point me to the skincare routine because people were like, Oh yeah, Ho is like seven on the outside, and I'm like, damn, a thousand right. years looking like seven shit. Right. Like, <laughs> oh <right>. god. <laughs> Luckily, Tonki is alive. Her arm is reattached. And her and Hijark are kind of like a thing, you know. Yeah. Just- being together just, pulling shapes fun yeah um, unfortunately no one else in the com is having a good time because you know, the hunters <laughs> went out and they disappeared the com is starving there's no meat everyone's gonna have a uh like a food deficiency soon they're like why don't we just like make grow more beans and everyone's like i don't i'm i we don't have like a health chart down here like we don't have that triangle that's right like, red at the bottom <laughs> sweets at the top but i don't think that's gonna work so right. you get calls a meeting to figure out like next steps at which point a stone eater just like rolls up on everyone and and is like hey so y'all can join um this calm this opposing calm c- called uh rinius rinius yeah called mm-hmm. rinius um or we can enslave you but either way we don't take origins so figure it out and also Ethan, here's hoa's arm you know bye um, and then Ethan's like, okay, well, I'm going to chop off your head because what? And I got to mm. go find Hoa. Bye, guys. So she, like, runs back to, you know, her living quarters only to find Hoa, like, cut into pieces and, like, merged into different parts of her wall, which I was like, this yeah. is terrifying. Yeah, it's, um, it was a lot. <laughs> like, his like, teeth geez. and shit are, like, like fusing with the wall. It's like, oh, God. Like, like literally so ripped apart. Jesus right. Christ. And so, but luckily, like, Eason's able to, like, call some shards together and create a geode that encapsulates Hoa. And then at that (laughs) moment, you, like, realize way back in book one when she was cyanide and she was, like, pulling something out of the ocean. Um, Guys, if you remember, it was, like, it wasn't a side story. In Aaliyah, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the main story. Like, I was about to be like, Mm. it was a side plot. It wasn't a side plot. (laughs) It was the plot. It was not. (laughs) Um, But cyanide, like, pulled the, 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 like, Object out of yes, obelisk out mm-hmm. of the ocean, and then like merged with it 
it was, I think, Sapphire. And Hoa was inside and she was like, are you okay? And then Hoa was like, huh? And then she like left. And that, so that's, that's why Hoa came to fight her because she asked mm. if he was okay once. And he was like, that's nice. So now he's back <laughs> alive and he's obsidian colored and he's grown. He's like a man, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or he's, and, and we basically learned that he chose this like childish flesh to like make Ethan more comfortable. He, of course, he's mm-hmm. been eating other stone eaters um, because he, he doesn't. He's like all the stone eaters want to do something different. He's like, we're people. We all have different motives. He's like, but right. my motive, my motive is to keep you alive. And he's like, she's like, oh, OK. And um. Mm-hmm. The reason he's like so dedicated to her is because he asked, she asked if he was okay, which I'm like, Hoa, has no one, baby, who hurt you? Like, has no one asked if you were all right, right before this point? And he was like, no, I got stuck in a stone. Also, like, I'm, sorry. You... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. The image of Hoa just be like, just out here, just fighting, like, literally just like out here, just scrapping with other stones. Right, right. Like, you were literally like... seven. Like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> it's like, right. it's like, like, Issa's like, we're going, where have you been? He's like, you know, I was just out here fighting. And it's like, oh my God, like, this is. This is a lot. Um, yes, yeah, literally wild. You're literally just member. Like, apparently, Yika had a stone eater named Ruby Hair. It yes. wasn't her name. That's what Ethan called her. Yeah. <laughs> ma- no one's seen Ruby Hair in literally months because Hawa ate her and just basically wiped out single handedly, like, all of his enemies, except for the other stone eater that, you know, kind of literally yeah. just, you know, yeah. So cut out cut yeah. off his arm yeah and so we also learn because then she's like okay how did you get stuck in obelisk in the first place and he's like i pissed off the wrong origin and so we learn from that point like oh these obelisks with the with the stone eaters stuck in them or whatever these objects with the stone eaters stuck in them that's because of an origin like that's mm-hmm. someone doing that so that's all very interesting, but you know, there's also this whole other plot where the politics of the city are getting really intense because you know Mr. Gray Man showed up. I also, like Eason's names for these people are wild. She's like Mr. Gray Man is like Gray Manning <laughs> around. You're like Eason, are you not growing? <laughs> what are these right. <laughs> But then also like, like strawberry oh, hair, like all right. this bullshit. It's like what are these nicknames like? <laughs> uh, but then I'm like, oh, that's what I do. So Eason, I feel you. But anyway, so they're like, okay, what do we do? Do we we got to vote? to see who who's going to go, who's going to stay. And, you know, basically people were like, tension is rising because they're like, okay, you're origin and we don't know if we stay, if it's actually that good of an idea, but we could go and join these other stills and we're all mm-hmm. the same, we'll protect our own. And Nika's like trying to convince people to stay together and she's like getting hoarse trying to convince people and they're not listening. But it's, it's yeah, it's going back badly. But yeah, while Nika's trying to convince everyone, Unfortunately, Cutter, another origin, goes and kills a still because of a dispute. And it's unclear what happened. Like, people are like, okay, but, you know, the, the still did, like, hit Cutter in the back of the neck, which is, like, rumored to be how you kill an origin. So it was, like, clearly there was some, like, killer intent. But then someone mm-hmm. else was like, I didn't really see it that way. I think he just, like, wanted to get some soap. They were in the bath together. And then y- Yika's like, okay, yeah. well, so she kills Cutter. And she's like, okay, fine. For killing Cutter, he killed someone so he's dead yeah. uh, then a few hours later an older still woman attacks an origin girl and so you can see like tensions are rising and Easton's like okay we're 100% done we're not killing kids I've seen too many kids die too many origin kids dying we're not doing that so mm-hmm. she like calls the power of the, of the obelisk 
it probably wasn't necessary. Turns her into stone, but Ethan is traumatized. And then w- while she's like calling on the obelisk power, she's about to destroy all of Castrema and Alabaster is trying to stop her. But as we all know, Alabaster can't use Origin without turning into stone anymore. And he's mm-hmm. really, really weak at this point. And so Ethan's like, crap. He, he's dead. <laughs> I've killed him. If he tried to stop me from using this power, he had to use a lot of magic and he's probably turned himself mm-hmm. completely into stone. So she's running back like to the hospital. Like she's mm-hmm. like running just I mean, yeah, but it's too late. He's gone. And Acrobunny yep. Applebee's is eating. <laughs> um <horrible> Applejacks. <laughs> <laughs> And then <laughs> Lerna and Hoa <laughs> Lerna and Hoa are there and she's like crying and they're like, We can't do anything. Um sorry. And so Ethan mm-hmm. basically comes out and is like, Okay, we ride together or we die together. No voting. Either we're if you stay, we're one group of people. If you leave, fine. We're not mm-hmm. doing this vote shit anymore. We're not we're not deciding who's a person anymore. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So um, Ika's like, I mean, thanks, but also like, why you gotta, why you gotta undermine my authority like that? So <laughs> then Ethan goes to talk to the Rinius leader, the Khan that's trying to try to kill them, and it's very tense. Um, but it gets worse because they have a guardian who just shows up and starts like throwing origin, stopping knives, and Ethan's like, I haven't had to deal with this since I was Sinite, and then Ho is like, <laughs> I got you, and like pulls her into the ground, just like in Miov. I'm like, ah, oh, you guys are yeah. really, like, pulling people into the ground. That's kind of your thing. But it was a good thing because then Ethan like pops up back in Castrima, and Ho is like, my mm-hmm. bad, I should have kind of known that was gonna happen. And Ethan's like, I mean, could any of us like know that they were gonna have like a guardian with knives? And he was like, I mean, me mm-hmm. because I'm a stone eater. Anyway, she's like, we don't have time to go go back and forth on this. Uh, how, uh, Lerna, fix my arm. And he's like, bet. And he's like, also, Rhineas is attacking us now. And so they're all like, oh, this is terrible, obviously, because they have more people than us and they have a guardian and we don't know if they have any origin. But Taki's like, I mean, I have a plan and I think it's going to work. But basically what we need you guys to do is to like use your origin power to excite all the boil beetles the, you get, if you mm-hmm. have from part one excite them out of the ground and then they'll attack from the outside and then like ice around Kestrima because I guess the boil beetles like react to heat which makes sense so they like don't come in and attack us so people are like collapsing the 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 tunnels into Kestrima to like weigh off like heat off ward off what, what's it called when you when like you ward t- off they're trying to stop them from coming in okay and attacking them and then yeah. and then Eason and and Ikar are like, one individual, it's too much origin. But Ikar's like, if mm-hmm. that happens, I'll die. And Hijarka's like, you're not dying. I don't want to be the leader of this calm, which I think is Hijarka speak for, I love you, please don't die. And then <laughs> Ikar's like, we got to do it. And then Eason's like, you know what? Just teach me to do it. And then I can like do it and you won't die. And Ikar's like, you are not, you're not, you don't know how to do that thing where you network with other people. And Eason's like, just teach me. Why does everyone think I'm incompetent? So she's like, fine, we'll go like mind meld or whatever. <laughs> I feel like mind melt is what you say when you're like in a startup trying to figure out how to make like artisanal toothpaste. <laughs> anyway, um, I've literally never heard that term. In my <laughs> right, life. I, I think I got it from a television show. But they're like, we'll we'll weave our minds together, and they okay. To be fair, Alabaster did this to Eason before, where she he like used her origin powers to like heal himself. So uh, Yuka's like, I can, we can do that. I'll teach you how, and by we'll go like cut through this rock and make like an exit and that'll show you how mm-hmm. like i do this so 
they start doing that. And Eason's like, oh, wait. So you're telling me that like everything is connected through magic. And like, actually, the fulcrum had taught us how to use origin incorrectly. And that's what Alabaster was trying to explain to me this whole time. But because I was so used to academia, I wasn't able to understand that you, Yika, with quote unquote untrained abilities, actually have a specific way of doing things that is powerful in its own right. And my measurements don't apply to you because your measurements for success are different. And Yika was like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, girl. We are being attacked. Um right. so <laughs> let's just... let's move this on. Let's you know right. hurry along now. <laughs> like... Right. She's like, I'm glad that you're having this revelation, but we we, we do have to go. So so right. it's like, bet, I got it. I figured it out. So she basically calls on all of the origin like in like a little network thingy and they're all like invasive Eason what are you doing she's like no worries guys I got you so she uses their everyone's power to like pull the the boil beetles out of the ground and they're like attacking the the other calm from the outside and Mm -hmm. it's wild and then she like goes up into an obelisk I think some stone eaters are are coming and they're like she's like the stone eaters are coming so she like swoops up into the obelisk it's the obsidian one and Ho was there to help her because the obelisk is like way too powerful and it's about to like destroy her but Mm -hmm. Ho was there and then so she basically like uses her her intensified orgene powers to turn all the stone eaters into like little I don't know crystals or whatever (laughs) you know like she's like zapping them from space zap 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 and then she's Mm -hmm. like also I should probably like find my daughter and she's like where's my daughter and the obelisk is like somewhere over there and she's like she's alive bet so she like (laughs) falls back down out of the obelisk and Ho is like, I got you. And there's this like whole, this whole like interlude where from Hoa's perspective where she like, Eason uh, is now unconscious and also her right arm has been turned into stone. And mm-hmm. Ho was like, I will protect you. And he's in love with her. And I was like, Hoa has emotions. But actually this chapter is really fun because you like finally understood why all the stone eaters are so stoic all the time because they like, don't see the world in the same speed or yeah. like with the same interest. So like Lerna comes back, he's like been protecting the wall. Like he's bloody and like dirty. And he sees Easton lie on the bed with her arm, like turn into stone. And he's like, not again. And then Ho was like, Hey, and Lerna's like, are you going to eat her arm? And he's like, only with her consent. And Lerna's like, I know you think that makes it better, but it's still kind of weird. And like- Ho was like, <laughs> <laughs> which i mean point for lerna i kind of agree and i was like i aggressively don't care and lerna's like okay so what do we do now and he's like well the other comm's been destroyed and lerna's like how and she, he was like obviously eason that's how her arm is stone and lerna's like dot 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 and ho was really even like he's like honestly lerna's not dumb but humans just like take forever so he's like i don't know it probably wasn't a year since he hadn't gotten up and like humans can't sit for a year so i think it was like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and then i finally (laughs) realized that like they can just like take the food from the calm and then ho was like still waiting patiently and lerna's like wait we can just go live in the calm. And Ho was like, yep. All right. Well, <sighs> took you a long time, but we got there. And yeah. <laughs> that's where, if, that's where this part of the story ends. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So <laughs> super quickly. So at the very end, yeah. So um, the calm that Akko is referring to is like, there's essentially, there's like, I guess a major city. So like the calm that was attacking Kastrima was, I guess, kind of like a branch of that or like just sort of part of that, like, Empire, well, I, th- I suppose. I think after the the season, it's like the remnants of that empire of an equatorial city of a bigger. Yeah, but it's like it's like some kind of yeah, like just like a major hub, right? And so basically, mm-hmm. like Eason was able to kind of it was like a two for one. Like she like 
got everybody who was in Katsuma, but also pretty much cleared out the city. So it was kind of like, yep. okay, now there's like a rendezvous point for her and Nason, which was essentially, I guess, kind of Hoa's some of Hoa's intention and like you know the whole obelisk thing. Um, also, I love how like Hoa was just like. Oh, yeah, you know, like, in his weird conversation with Lerna, he was like, I tried to smile, but then, like, Lerna, like, was, like, repulsed. <laughs> yeah. he, was, like, he was like, oh, never do it again. Like, it's like, he literally just doesn't understand how to, like, be. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's wild. He's literally pantomiming human behavior, and it's hilarious. Anyway, so, like, so now I am going to talk about Nason slash Shafa, but mostly, but mostly, you know, just Nason. So... If, you, if y'all remember from last episode, essentially, Nason, like, was in an obelisk, and she, like, peeped that there was, like, a fulcrum in the north, and, like, Shafa and Umber, who's another guardian, was like, oh, my God. So, the next chapter is Nason, Shafa, Umber, and, like, three origins at the, like, Antarctic, so that northern fulcrum. So, they're, like, having this, like, weird, intense-ass meeting, right? Ooh. And essentially, we kind of just discover more or less that, like, apparently when a season comes, all the origins who are at a fulcrum are supposed to basically just, I guess, kill themselves and, like, allow mm-hmm. the space to be overtaken by, like, stills and other irrelevant, annoying individuals instead. And so Shafa and them were like, funny how it's a bunch of origins in this motherfucker and it's a mm-hmm. whole season going on. Also, where are your guardians? And the origins were like, uh, you know, we were ambushed. We were ambushed. They were fighting valiantly. <laughs> they just did not make it. Gr- you know, it, they, it just, they just, you know, they, they, they just, you know, they just died in honor. And Shop was like, ah, interesting. And immediate fisticuffs. Like, basically, they were True. like, so the origins, y'all clearly killed your guardians, so now we have to kill you. And so, like, an all-out brawl takes place where, I mean, the, the guardians are winning. They're literally ripping these origins to shreds. And, like, Na- Shafa's like, hey, Nason, um, it's a little, <laughs> not the most age-appropriate. Maybe step outside while we murder these people. And she's like, okay. So she, like, goes outside. She's, like, going to wait for Shafa at this, like, terrace. Along the way, she, like, meets this, like, origin girl who's like oh hey like are you a new person like at the fulcrum and she was like what and then she was like oh have have they broken your hand yet have the guardians broken your hand which Mm. is like interesting because like the guardians didn't break her hand but her mom broke her hand a couple years ago and essentially nason kind of put together oh this is the this is the place where my mom was taught how to be an origin this is the place that taught that made her the person that she is and nason don't really see it for her mom like that like she doesn't Mm -hmm. really which does not there's a lot of not a good lot of good energy there and so basically she was like my mom is evil. This place made her evil. This place is evil. It must be destroyed. So she just connects mm. to an obelisk and just destroys everyone except for conveniently Shafa and Umber. I'm like, wait, so they somehow made the cut, right. but like, oh, girl who was just trying to like, I don't know, just like share her Lunchables with you. Like you just had to <laughs> turn her to stone. Like that was rude as fuck. The fuck? So anyway, so she turns the whole thing to stone. Meanwhile, at this point, I guess Nason, Umber, and Shafa are like on their way back to Found Moon, back to, you know, the community that they usually stay in. And Shafa this whole time, because again, Guardians have this like thing at the base of their necks that makes them want to like kill Origins, I guess for like Father Earth's like revenge, mm-hmm, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, wow, like I really want to kill Nason, but I can't. And I'm like, you know, that's a struggle that I- I'm sure there's space for that, I guess. But I mean... Uh, so like basically at one point Nason's like Shafa has done everything for me I must protect Shafa by all cost and so she's like I need to like you know figure out a way for like you know to end his pain and so like one night they're like all having like a like, like a campfire sleeping situation mm. um, and like so the weird stone eater that was in Kastrima that showed up that gray like man. I guess yeah gray man like rolls up and is like hey Nason like 
how's it going? And she's like, <laughs> um, I don't really know how to start the interaction. You really just like you're just crawling out of the ground like Hey, right, sis, right. It's like, actually kind of weird, man. <laughs> like she's like, who the fuck? She's like, look, she's like, do y'all see this? Mother- who the fuck? Who, bro, I, bro? What is? I, I just and steel and like so she calls she was she names him steel and steel's like, hey, I know you're like guardian is like in pain a lot, but I can like teach you how to like remove his pain. And I guess he did a thing where like he like adjusted Shafa's like uh, base neck core mm. core stone. I think is what they're called. He's like, yeah, like, so he, like, adjusted Shafa's core stone so he would be, like, in peace. Mind you, Shafa's asleep at this point, like, so he's not peeping any of this. And Nathan's like, girl, how the fuck did you do that? And then Steele's like, I can teach you how to do it for a price. And Nathan's like, girl, I'm not, like, we're really going to do all this? And he's like, okay, look, like, I'll just come periodically and just, like, teach you. And she's like, okay, cool, that's what I thought. Because, like, no one has time <laughs> for this whole, like, subplot, like, an eye for, like, girl, what? Right. And so, so basically, he's like, oh, I'll just teach you this shit, you know, we'll just, like, you know, do whatever because he was like basically he's like i need you to do something and she's like cool umber comes back and is like you know nason i still want to kill you and she's like you know you're not the first i'll kill one. you first right. I'll, I'll, I'll just kill you first and i'm like y'all just be talking about murder like it's like you know like a lot nason is what like 13 <laughs> what the fuck? yeah it's wild so fast forward a little bit nason shafa and umber and not steel i guess because steel is just randomly in the forest somewhere <laughs> uh, make it back to found moon and you know nason's like okay i gotta learn that shit that steel taught me like da 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 because i guess they have been like doing some lessons here and there and so she starts to like practice how to do this like healing thing and she kind of figures out how to do it in like ways that are like super inhumane like at one point this like other calm tried to invade found moon and they like trapped all of them and she was like let's practice the like mental like I don't know, whatever the fuck thing that I'm going to use for Shafa on this random cobbless woman. And it was kind of like, this is a little gross, Nason. But um, here we are. Um, So she figures out how to do it. And so she comes to Shafa and she's like, hey, girl, like I can like get rid of this pain that you're like are experiencing because you like really want to kill me. And he's like, oh, the only thing is that like if you do that, like I'll cease to be a guardian. So like, mm-hmm. nah. And she was like, but what if I just like did it? And he's like, but what if you just like didn't? And she's like, but what if I like did? And he's like, oh, but you could also not. And she's like, oh, but I could. And he's like, or you cannot. And it was just like this whole like banter. Um, it's basically just like, oh, fine. I think it's like becoming very clear that like Nason is Nason's like moral compass is not good, but not her fault. It's like everyone else's fault. Right. If that makes sense because they've taught her in a really, in a very like that it's okay to exploit people and use people for their own gain and to like love is a tool that is used to manipulate so nason's right. like moral compass is now really screwy so she's like but if i love you i should be able to like do things without your consent and shafa's like right no that's bad And she's like isn't that what everyone's been doing to me this whole time and shafa's like Ooh. yikes we might have uh messed up yeah little. we got yeah we gotta we gotta gotta unpack this a little bit um yeah but basically very much that but regardless nason was like you know what i feel really close to you and I want to remove this pain from you. I need some space because if I'm just around you, girl, I'm going to just do it and out, be out here wilding. So let me just, let, let, let's just create some space. So she's like, you know who I haven't seen in forever? Jija. Because Jija also lives in Jakiti, but not in Found Moon because he hates Origins. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh girl, let me see Jija, see what's up. Hopefully some time has made things better. So basically long story short, he, she rolls up to the to Jija's house. And she's just like, have you cured yourself yet of the origin bullshit? And she's like, you know, Jija, 
I've had to put up with your bullshit for so long. I actually like being an origin. I'm actually okay with it. And you know what? Like, I don't see the like the point of all your like ire towards me. And then Chija goes into this whole flashback sequence where like when he was younger playing around Tarimo, like one of his origin friends iced another friend of his. So like he was traumatized and ever since then was like, oh, if I ever come across origin, like it's on site. But then Nathan was like, oh, I'm confused though, because the way mama, our mom was set up, like she was not going to have us out here ice the motherfuckers. Did you know, do you know the mm-hmm. extent of the bullshit I went through with her? Like she literally broke my hand so I wouldn't do shit like that. So you literally could have not. You just yep. saw us as just like a replacement of your friend that is like, we're and different she people. Like, she was like, mom was so strong that she definitely could like sess Uchi and calm him. Right. Like there's no way his, his origin had acted up at that moment, which makes sense. Exactly. When you read the first book, she's not like, oh no, I had to rush home to find Uchi because his origin, like that's right. not what she said. She was like, I am shocked that he's not alive. Exactly. And so basically she was just like, you know, like you could have, if, if being safe was your concern, mom was mm-hmm. always going to keep us safe. And like, you didn't even give us a chance. You didn't even give your child a chance to mature into like you know like it's just like you just mm-hmm. killed him on site the moment you found out like this is a baby like are you serious and she's like you know what honestly chija fuck out of here i actually like being an origin i have no intent on like getting rid of these powers also i don't think that's really a thing um right so yeah fuck out of here basically and so chija strikes her and so she like falls to the ground and while she's on like while she falls to the ground she like ices the house but not chija because she's like oh i just want you to know that if you ever if you ever do some shit like that, bitch. This is gonna be you. And so she like steps out. Gigi's like screaming, carrying on, hooting and hollering. And I'm just like, oh my god, why is Gigi get a screen time? Why is Gigi like bring us Tonky? I feel like Tonky hasn't really been That's around enough. In the- let's just let's just insert I, Tonky into Nasa's narrative. I feel like Lerna even wasn't doing all of that. Like, can we just? Yeah, I feel like a lot of these characters. I'm like, y'all benching a lot of cool people, like a lot of cool cats. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, cool people. So. Essentially, I guess at the same time that like Eason was like doing hashtag Obeliskate and like I'm really dead. out here wilding, like basically Nason was like, my mother is alive and she's connected to the Obeliskate. In, in, in a realization that kind of came with the assistance of Steel, who was like, you know, the stone eater or whatever. And they're like kind of chatting about it. And then like Nason was like, you know, why are you teaching me all this shit? Da, da, da. And he's like, oh, you know, like I just need you. He kind of explains the whole like the moon, Obeliskate, you got to catch the moon. She's like, yeah, 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 hashtag Obeliskate. She's like, yeah, girl, I'm on the same page. It's fine. She like, she pulls out, she pulls out her book as well. She's like, yeah. Right. Right. Like they're like literally, they're actually on, they're actually guests right now for this episode. Like they're really excited to talk about it. So they actually were the Color Pages Book Club. Anyway, so basically, so they're like having the Color Pages Book Club and then basically like Gija rolls up with like a knife and he was like, the time has come. And then Nathan's like, oh, so your time has come. So she turns his ass to stone. Um, yeah, so he dies. Um, he did kind of like stab her in the shoulder, but she's like, all right, it feels like. And then Shafa rolls up and sees that she's killed her father. He sees the stone eater. He sees her. He's like, you know what? This shit is wild. I know I'm a guardian and I'm violent, but girl. Right. Holy fuck. What the? I don't even. What? <laughs> what? And that's. Pretty much the, much the end, end of the book. Um, I guess at this cool. point, yeah, like essentially now Eason knows that Nason's alive. Nason knows that Eason's alive. They both know that they have to do the Obelisk Gate to catch the moon on his way back. So yeah, I guess they're going to maybe reunite in Renana's, Renea's, whatever it's called. Um, 
And that's going to be the stone sky. There was a moment where like Eason saw a stone eater that kind of looked like alabaster that was made out of alabaster. Yes. Um, so maybe alabaster is a stone eater, but who could say? Maybe. Maybe. But you know what? Let us take a break. We know that we know that's a, a lot happened in this second part, but let's take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, we'll get into all the feelings and thoughts. Woo. Yes, we yes. are. I feel like hearing the story out loud makes me realize just it, how <laughs> wild it is. Fucking bananas, girl. It's bananas. Like, it's, yeah. I, I just, it's, I, yeah, that's literally yeah. what happened. Um, but um, I think for me, I actually like this book a lot. And I think mm-hmm. I like the series more after reading this book. And the mm-hmm. reason is... While I was reading, I was like, this is not like any other book I've read. <laughs> it's just mm. not. I don't. It took me a while. I was like, Stone Eaters, Magic, Origin, what is mm. everyone doing? And then finally there was a moment, because this book is so descriptive and less plot driven and more world building, where mm. I finally like started to like see in my head what was happening like the stone eater is getting mm. like caught in stone or moving through stone and suddenly like i get a very visceral picture which i was like that's really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> but um and 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 like what the the strings of silver look like floating through the air and mm-hmm. i think there's so much creativity here and there's so much magic and fantasy that's not you know um Tolkien based like a lot of mm. our, our modern fantasy is very like influenced by Lord of the Rings which was I know the movies came out in the tr- early 2000s but the book was written in the 50s but this is so non that it's so different mm. from that um, that it's fun to be in a completely new and different world although granted you it's a dysutopia and everything's on fire yeah literally everyone's dying so but yeah. the yeah the whole magic right but the whole magic of it is completely different and, and the consequences and the costs and the risks of things is so different and i really really enjoyed that and i really enjoyed this book because you get to play in the world a little more whereas the first mm-hmm. one's a lot more plot driven which is fine like that one has its strengths in that it's like this kind of you as the reader trying to figure out who how all these characters connect to each other whereas this mm. one is like yeah it's you're in the world you're experiencing it but also pulling stuff from the first book and and connecting it to this book and so i i think i know a lot of people were like oh the second book slump but i actually really but people say that yeah uh, people say that about most trilogies though although mm. that's also not true the original star wars series that was a great second i mean this, that, that's the one where there's it's like luke um your father um we, oh shit we're wow off, we're off topic but um <laughs> yeah but i really like that stuff about the book i i yeah i don't know i i actually dig it a lot hmm yeah i i like the book as well i i, I wouldn't say that i like it i guess as enthusiastically as you do i generally do like it i would say um what i do like about it is that there's a lot of I, I feel like Jim isn't like like it's like it's like there's a lot of self awareness in the book, right? Like the book is written in a way where it's like, okay, I know for the reader, like 
it's going to be a while for them to understand things. So it's like they kind of give you things in little pieces. It's kind of like, oh, the word obelisgate. Okay, the word moon. Okay, you know, all these different things mm. like the obelisk. Like it's like they kind of gradually introduce things. So it's like it's, it's, it feels like you're taking like a progressively difficult math class. It's like you have yes. to learn how to add before you can learn how to multiply. You know what I mean? Like things like that. So it's kind of like you you learn a lot about just like small things and then when it comes together and it kind of crescendos it's like okay i feel like i have enough time and it's like mm. when Eason's, especially Eason, when Eason's presented with information like she's like what and then for two uh, like for two chapters like i am just confused and then like at the third chapter she's like oh actually i got it and then it's like that i feel like that follows the same pace of the reader it, it feels like the pacing yes. of the knowledge base and the world building is like very good it's not yeah. like too much information at once or like not enough information at all it's all just kind of like i feel like if i ever have a question i know it's going to be answered because Ethan has the same question mm-hmm. and that's what i really liked about it i liked that it was kind of like okay like you're taking me into this world and it makes sense because you're doing it in a way that's like appropriate and well-timed um I will say the book was very fantasy heavy in a way that I... It's funny because it's like fifth season was fantasy. It was literally fantasy. I don't know what it was about Obelisk Gate. I was like, this is like a lot. It was a lot. I was like, it's like, it's like Hoa's thrown apart and like he like makes like a geode and he like fuses together and he's like, I'm sitting I'm like, oh my God. It, It was just like, there was so... Much I felt like I, I think I, I think at points I got a little overstimulated and I was like okay it's a lot of fantasy going on in this book I feel like I'm trying I'm like hanging on <laughs> trying to understand like it's like it's like I get what's happening like it's not like I was confused but it was just like it it I, I guess what I liked about the first book was that it felt like even though it was a fantasy book like a lot of the dynamics and sort of like the socio political like spec like you know climates that they were operating in were just were very reminiscent of it right it was very realistic mm-hmm. this felt more not to say that those didn't exist but it felt more it leaned more heavily in the fantasy Mm. realm where it felt like this is very specific to this world and to this book and i think what i liked about the first one was that it felt more it 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 rang more true with the world that we currently live in which honestly i mean that's not it it depends on how you read fantasy like it's like sometimes people like to read fantasy to be reminded of real world dynamics and just a different context and sometimes people like to read fantasy to like you know just be in that separate world and i'm sure there's like a whole bunch of other like nuanced perspectives there as well but like I think for me, I'm realizing that I'm someone who like, I like, I like the realistic implications. I like when things feel like, okay, like this kind of translates to this world. I I think for me, it's a little overwhelming sometimes when it's like, everything here is just happening here. And there's nothing about it that like reminds me of my own life. Not to say that there aren't things that didn't remind me of my own life, but less so than the first book. I think that was my biggest, like, not necessarily gripe with it, but it was just something that I was like, I'm, I'm realizing my own preferences as I'm reading it. Um, that I was like, okay, yeah, this book was just foundationally different from fifth season. Like, sure, whatever, same characters, whatever, whatever. But like the, yeah, just the fantasy piece. I was like, okay, this is where we are. We are diving in. We are in the 12 foot part of the pool. We are jumping in. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I'm literally awash with all the fucking fantasy. Um, but that being said, I did think that the the descriptions were really interesting. I loved how she wrote out like the really fantastical elements. Like it it, it made me feel like I was being like, I mean, she's talking about falling up into an obelisk. I literally was yeah. like, am I even like? I felt like I was like, am I like high? Like what is happening? Like I'm literally, I felt like I was like on another plane. Like I was yeah. like, it, it, it like stretched my imagination in a way that I was like, this is so interesting. But yeah, I was like, oh girl, this, this is a lot. <laughs> so yeah, but all around I did, I would say I liked it though. Like, m- like more than, you know, I found it overwhelming. So 
Yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. There's like a preference difference, right? Like it's like Hogwarts versus something more magical than Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Where mm. like Hogwarts is like a little bit more like um, light magic. You know what I mean? It's not right. all encompassing where this was pretty much like a full magic where I think the fifth season was there to kind of like you were saying what you said very well about the steps, Thanks. like slowly helping us get there. Cause I, I don't, if you read this book, obviously without reading the first one, you're going to be like, I don't yeah. understand. You anything. must read them in order. There's <laughs> you yes, actually don't have a choice. No choice. But like also yeah. what the first one does by being real, more realistic than the second one is that you're not, you know, like you said, like steps. So like by the time you finish the first one, you're like, all right, all right. Got a handle on that. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. arithmetic. That's like quick math. And then right. book two, you're like, oh, this is like an algebra class. I'm, exactly. I'm struggling. We put some <laughs> letters in with the numbers, but I think I'll get there. Right. Fucking calculus over right. here. Like, damn. Yeah. But I think opposite of you. I think I love f- fantasy that divorces itself from reality more than I like light magic and light mm. fantasy. Uh, which is interesting because usually you and I just mostly just agree on most things. So <laughs> this is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah, just some preferential differences I'm seeing. And I think this this book very much feels like I, I know people use the term like high fantasy, like when everything is just like in a completely different mm. world. Like I and it's so funny because I'm like, I am de- I'm very much a magical realism girl. Like I love me a realistic like it's like, okay, it's like kinda, you know, it's like it's like the world we live in, kind of, but you know, it has like some like cute yeah, elements, some, like some. like things like that. Like it's like I, I I guess I'm giving you more of like a light fantasy tease versus like a really high like heavy ass fantasy mm. tease. I'm like, oh god, yeah. I don't and I don't know. Maybe it's just like this specific world. I found it was it was more overwhelming at parts. Like maybe that's not necessarily true of like all fantasy. I, I mean, I shouldn't like yeah you know, let this speak for the entire genre, but yeah, yeah. So, but regardless, there's definitely things to still talk about. Um. Yeah, what do you think about Easton thinking, basically blaming herself for everything? Like, I mean, yes, she did call on the obelisk, which did cause Alabaster to have to stop her, which did cause him to die. But I feel like mm-hmm. Easton keeps being in some pretty intense situations and and having to make tough choices. Um, and she's pretty hard on herself. And she also, like, wants herself to learn things really quickly. Mm-hmm. C- concepts that are quite difficult. I don't know. What did you think? I think someone like Eason, it kind of makes sense why she does that. I mean, when you look at the fact that she was in the fulcrum for, like, years, I think it definitely lends itself to, like, a really heavy self-criticism to, like, move about in a space like that and, like, try to be, you know, legible within, like, a society that both, like, hates the shit out of you but also relies on you deeply to, like, handle things. Mm. It's, like, a lot of just pent-up, unprocessed rage. And and I feel like Eason is someone who, like, like, the whole thing with, like, you know, she was going to destroy Kastrima, I feel like that was just, like, a point where it was, like, I mean, honestly, since I know where you're coming, I don't know. There's something about her that I'm, like, I, okay, do I think that she should, this is actually, this is tricky, because, like, Eason does just, like, destructive things. She destroyed Tarimo. She almost mm-hmm. destroyed Kastrima. She killed Corundum. She killed Alabaster. She's killed, like, she, like, she has, like, a hit count of people she has, like, murdered. It's fairly long. But something about it, I don't feel necessarily any way about it. Because every time she did it, it was, like, there was some kind of justification. Or you just, you just know her so well as a character. I just understand. Not that I always agree with the action, but I'm, like, I right. understand why you do it. And I think that she's someone who... I don't know. I think sometimes when you just live in a world that's just so horrendous, it's like 
putting blame on yourself feels like just something, just one more thing that you can control, right? Because mm. it's like if you always blame society, if you always blame stills being fucking horrible or like everyone else just shitting on origins for no reason, like just if you blame other people, it's like you're not, that's not within like the nexus of your own control. But if you blame yourself, it can feel like, oh, like, yeah. okay, like maybe there's something about, like at least maybe to a certain degree if I can change my behavior or if I do something differently or if I just put the onus on me, it feels like I'm in control versus like, I mean, when the reality is like, I mean, I guess both are true, right? Like to a certain, like you have to, you have free will. You can act in ways that you choose to, but also there are just, there are forces that you're fighting against that you don't really have any influence over. It's just, it's like an aggregate decision that was made against people like you that you didn't really have anything to do with, but unfortunately are suffering extensively, you know, the consequences of. And so I think it's a coping tactic, honestly. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah. that you say that because that's exactly what she is, does with Nason that causes such a problem, right? She's like, mm-hmm. if you can control yourself, if you can, you know, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm going to empower you by putting the onus on you to always be in control and harming you right. if you're not in control. And you, you see, yeah, it is an extension of not just her teaching, but also, you know, this the hate that the world has given her or the system that the world has set up against her. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me like think about Nason as a character and just how much she's inherited from her mom and from mm-hmm. society. And I, I, I talked about this a little earlier in the summary, but yeah, you're starting to see like this is moral compass is not good. And what's interesting mm-hmm. is that society felt okay implementing that against someone they could control. But now you've mm-hmm. done this and this person is now out of your control because Nason is right. very, very strong. So mm-hmm. It made me think like, okay, if what, if you teach, if you are like in an oppressive role and you can control how people, you know, see themselves and how they, I guess, um, evaluate the value of people and such, if you're able to do that, but you're not ever considering the fact that if that person was not oppressed and had power, what would be the consequences of your actions? You've made a mistake mm. because that's exactly what's happened here. And now Nason is very, very powerful and she's only doing what she's been taught to do. But when, mm. but it's, ex- <laughs> it is terrifying. Like Nason's behavior is terrifying when she was like, so anyway, I practiced like doing surgery on this woman. Um, mm. But then I realized, Ooh, that was really painful. I should probably like use anesthesia next time. And it's all like scientific. It's all like mm. calculated. It's, it's all divorce of any emotion. And you were seeing it from her perspective, but if you really switch it, I was like, wait, so you, you, you've been like fixing this woman's limbs without anesthesia. She's probably in an excessive amount of pain. And mm. she was like, yeah. And anyway, she's probably not going to live that long. So I'll just like mercy kill her now. You're like, Nason, what like what and you realize just the extent of how much this behavior had this behavior without any like love or any affection has like kind of corrupted nason's consciousness like Mm. okay eason you taught her all this stuff but like you also had enon who who and and you know what i mean then i mean i guess Mm. that's really that's really all Eason had I mean I guess I guess learn like you know what I mean I mm-hmm. so I'm sad a little bit and I'm like Shafa is not a good and <laughs> not a good other, you know what I mean like Jija not a great person to have around yeah. as far as love is concerned Shafa we know he's not a good person because he raised Eason mm-hmm. that's basically her grandfather um right. 
you know, this is Steel, Mr. Green Man, not 100% convinced that he's not, got her best interest in Not life. fucking with him. I just, I, I get, it's giving me sinister. It's giving me evil. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm getting evil vibes. It's hard because you're just right. like, so this girl is, is like um desperate for love like she's reaching out for it and and putting all these things as re- as a replacement for love and none mm-hmm. of these things are love like none of it like right and you're just like nisa i want like someone to like hug you but not in a way that makes you feel like you have to control them for them to love you like i just want someone to give you like a real hug maybe tonky tonky's not the hugging type She's not. Fair, it would be. Maybe, it'd be weird. Yeah, I was like, maybe in a, maybe Hoa. Hoa seems like he could give a good hug. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, sad if the only person who could give a good hug in the story is a is, stone eater. Is fucking Hoa? <laughs> like, on it, like, there's no one else on the list. God damn. Um, yeah, and that's the thing that's interesting. I feel like Nason. I, I I agree with you as far as like the environmental factors. I think she just has been around so much violence and cataclysm that it's like. I mean, and honestly, to be fair, I mean, okay. So I feel like being in a season where it's like, girl, survival is it. Like, fuck morality. I feel like it's the perspective of pretty much everybody or most people. I think they're like, yeah, if we got to raid a fucking village, if we got to do this and the third, as long as I get to like, you know, eat and just keep my life going, like I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so I think that there's just a certain like. Yes, but is that what... Is that, I, I like, right? That's, and that's what I was like. That's why at first I was like, well, you know, DJ Mercy killed someone. That's fine. But in the situation that Nason is in, it, it is not always ne- like she did not have to ice everyone in the fulcrum. Yeah, and, she didn't. And Steel Man points it out. Great Man Steel points out. He's like, did you need to ice everyone in the fulcrum just because you did not like it and how it works and its effect on your life? And Nason's mm-hmm. like, I mean, look, Mr. Gray Man. I'm not really that interested in your like words. So, mm-hmm. so I do agree with you that like there is a there is a survival aspect of this, and things are different in a in a season. Um, unfortunately, like we are privileged enough to not be in a season. I don't even know what kind of person yeah. I would be. But some of Nason's behavior isn't season oriented <laughs> behavior. Yeah. I think honestly, with both Eason and Nason, I think. For them, these sort of like, you know, I don't even call it lashing out because like lashing out is like when you like, I don't know, raise your voice with someone and you didn't mean to, or you know, versus like, you know, destroying an entire fulcrum. So it's like, I I don't think that seems a little reductive as (laughs) as a word, but I think these demonstrations of like destruction that both of them exhibit, I think, I don't know, like I, I, I I could imagine, like, cause it's like... Yeah, it's, they're just it's not, and it's like it's like their their relationship with society is yes. already so adversarial. So I think there's a there's an ability for them to kind of divorce the humanity mm. of the people that they're killing because it's like oh like it's I mean Nathan literally was like my mom is evil, this place is evil, so by extension y'all are evil, so whatever. It's like it's like I feel like the adversarial relationship between them and just society at large makes it so that like right. doing these things are is, is easier, but also I think too it's like. I could imagine if you're in a society that mm-hmm. like, you know, treats you like this, maybe acting like this and like causing destruction, killing people, et cetera. Like that is like the closest thing you'll feel to power. It's like, it feel it makes you feel like there's something central about your existence that you're not just, you know, right. all these things that people are saying about yourself. So I feel like it's just this but warped also, why idea not? of what power might be. But also, I, I, I feel it's like, it's like, why not? Like if the world hates me, you yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're oh, exactly. 
still hang out with other stills like they show love and affection towards you but like if you're an orgy and in this world with steel stills like they're hostile to you consistent and I, I think that's like that's ex- like i like ag- agree with you in the sense that like that's why we shouldn't but i agree with you in the sense that like you're right like this is how you would like get power and have any sense of safety or like mm-hmm. okayness and that's why like underneath it all i'm like there's like an underlying idea of like can stills and origins live together in peace like in the story and i mm-hmm. was like yeah that's why you you actually have to be like considerate of other people to make the world right. work like you can't right. just like oppress people and then like hope that they like never have the power to and i think uh, uh, any power structure does this where they're like well we oppress those people that's probably never going to come back to haunt us and you're like no it's going to mm. aggressively come back to haunt you and right. i think that like analysis is never taken into account by the oppressor like they never think what it would happen if like they people in oppressing like stop i mean it, they probably do take into account because that's why like th- there's like so such like you can teach slaves to read or like have a gun because they're like this turned around on us it'd probably be bad but instead of being like i guess we'll just oppress them more why don't you try like not doing right (laughs) like like why don't you not oppress and then you won't have to oppress more to (laughs) make up for the oppression you've already done (laughs) right exactly and that's the part that, that i think makes me so when nason iced the fulcrum i was like why why the fuck but barring that, I mean, honestly, when she killed Jija, when Eason almost destroyed Kastrima, when she destroyed Tarimo, honestly, none of those, I wasn't really particularly like, oh my God, like no, no, no pearls were clutched. I was, I just kind of placidly kept flipping the pages, <laughs> barely reacted because it's like, there's something, I don't know. It's just, it, and it's, it's, it's hard because it's like, I, I don't want to say it becomes justifiable because it's like, oh, these people are bigoted. So whatever, who cares? But it's like. I don't know. Like, I like I, I understand what you're saying. It's like, we, it's like we make people act like this. Either we have people oppress others in a way where it's like they're like reducing the humanity of like, you know, the people that they're oppressing. And also we just like create this like ire within people who are oppressed. That mm-hmm. it's like, I can understand. It's like, girl, if you had su- like, if, if that's how this worked, like marginalized people had like some superhuman strength that could just, you know, like really fuck shit up. You would, the world would look like Obeliskate. Like, right people would have absolute like it's like folks are lucky honestly that it's like we kind of are on the same plane here as far as like our abilities yeah people take that for granted when they're oppressing people that like you really Mm -hmm. you might not reap it now you might reap it eventually though like you really yeah you're lucky we don't live that long as humans and only your like kin Mm. kins kin are gonna see the consequences of your behavior but it will come back for you it's not I think especially now in the times we live in, I'm like, you know what? And people will ask me like, how did we get here? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, first of all, don't ask me that. But I'm like, look, go <laughs> go read a history book. All that, that's just, that's the consequences. You thought that stuff wouldn't have any consequences? You were mistaken. Right. And that's an arrogant thing to think. So, but I also think in this book, what's interesting about it is... um we have we are we are a bit like what's it called favorable to Eason because we've been following her the whole time. But again, if we were stills, true. Oh boy, MP. I mean, Jija. Look, Jija is awful, and he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. And his with his thing with his daughter is unacceptable. But when I sat there and I thought about what it would be like to watch someone slowly like call out to you while being iced, and your other friend is like crying because they can't stop icing their friend, like. And you're a child, like that's not a scene I think I would know how to deal with 
properly. And it's not like, let's be real, there's no therapy. You know, <laughs> like, there's not like, yeah. oh, well, let's go to like, the Tiramu uh, Therapy for Children Center. Oh, okay, you know. Yeah, girl, right. <laughs> so it's just like a bunch of people who are like traumatized from this, this utopia, like hurting each other. And I, um, what's interesting, what I like about the fifth season, this book series, I guess it's not the fifth season trilogy, it's the Broken Earth trilogy, but, um, but, um, mm-hmm. the fact that, like, way back in the day, the Roga were, I guess, destructive and caused problems. I, I, I like, that's why I like high fantasy and, and, and cutting it off from the real world because I'm like, okay, that has implications in the r- real world that I'm not going to talk about because I don't, I'm not, I don't want to. But mm-hmm. when it's in a high fantasy setting, you're just like, it, it almost is, you're able to, like, have a philosophical conversation about people and how they use power and what they use it for. And when mm-hmm. Steele says like, yeah, Eason used the obelisk to like destroy her enemies, which is like what humans have been doing for years. It's like pretty mundane, but truly that's mm-hmm. probably why they were created for something really mundane. And there's something almost absurd about being like, wait, so you guys have this like power to like open up these gates and like freeze things. You could like, erect whole structures and you're just using it to like fight your enemies over some cause right. with no food and just to <laughs> you know what i mean and to have these stone eaters who have lived for so long put some perspective on like the shortness of human existence and the way we infight and fight each other you're like well i didn't want to get red for my um humanity but thank you very much i, I don't know I, yeah. I did like that's that's what i do like about high fantasy is, is it allows me to like go and think about those things and the yin and yang nature of people and the tit for tat and, and i don't know it allows you to do like human examination without having to like think of all the not always have to like connect it to the real world and then that mm. allows me i think the freedom of like oh a philosophical thought about humanity i don't know for me anyway i of course still like the realistic stuff too and i don't think we should always divorce things from reality because we live in reality mm-hmm. and it's good to do right. that analysis but you know sometimes you want cake and sometimes you want pie that I like. I really, <laughs> I really, really like that. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that that's something that this this series just like lends itself really well towards. And honestly, it's something that I, I mean, speaking of philosophical questions, yeah, it's just. I, I mean, there's a lot that I think about as far as like, okay, like even just like how weirdly sympathetic I am towards like. Eason and Nason's actions, I'm like, okay, file, save, interesting, let's look into that. Like, why do I feel so, like, why do I literally not really give a shit when they were out here just, like, committing violence and murder? You know, like, I'm just, I'm just so blasé about it, and I'm like, okay, that's, I think that's something that we should probably, like, yeah, I think it it asks, like, it it kind of forces you, yeah, just to sort of, like, look at your own sort of moral compass and just understand, like, where you are, um, and yeah, just kind of, like, move from there. But yeah, but this, this book was really interesting. Yeah, there was, there was a lot, lot of shit going on. Um, and even Hoa, I'm just like, so you're just out here just, and it's funny because it's like he tries to be so like stoic and like, oh, like I'm just a stone eater, like whatever. But it's also like you're doing all of this out of some sense of like love or I guess what you might be codifying as love. Maybe it's more so just like feeling, or maybe it's more so gratitude. It just feels more like gracious. Like he's trying to like, be there for Eason because like, you know, she was there for him in, in a way. Um, but then at the same time, like he's throwing around the word Raga constantly and so is everyone else. And it's just like, yeah, this world is, there's just a certain, like, I, I don't want to say the word grit cause it feels like I'm almost comedic, but grit. there's just a certain, it's just a certain grit to everything mm-hmm. that I'm like, you like, 
I mean, give it up to Jemison because yeah, I'm like this mm-hmm. this apocalypse. They're like yeah, decorum, fucking courtesy, bitch, all of it. Right. <laughs> Throw it all away. Fucking who cares? Nothing matters, girl. We just got to make it to the next day. Um, and yet, though, like there's something almost beautiful in the sense of like, oh, well, why are you doing all this? Well, because you asked if I was okay, and you're like, wait, are you telling me that like small acts of good behavior could like an added opportune moment could like change things. And I was like, I mean, again, I'm a stone eater and I like don't care, but yeah, sure. Yeah. And you're like, dang, there's, I don't know. There's something. And there are these little moments. Like when Alabaster was like, I, I wanted to see like, if we could live together with stills, like I wanted to protect you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and there's just like, and it's sh- even Shafa's awful. Like Shafa is awful, but like, there are moments when when he's like, I'm fighting this thing so I don't hurt you. And and Jija is awful, really awful. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, given the awfulness of the world they live in, there's a kindness in there somewhere mixed in all of it. And there is something, maybe it's a fantasy, but beautiful to think that even in terrible situations, there and when we're fighting so much of our own trauma, we are trying to love each other. And, and maybe we should... Mm-hmm focus on that and 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 give i don't know voice to that and and i don't know hold on to that but yeah yeah i don't know we lived in fucked up times so i can't tell you how to live <laughs> that's that's Quo- do we got quotes that's fair uh <laughs> yes we do have quotes let's get into our quotes and predictions and then we can then we can wrap up so my quote was originally going to be from like when e- when Eason went like Super Saiyan and like just, I don't know, hashtag obelisk gate, you know, whatever, while she was reading the book. Um, but, you know, after this conversation, I'm kind of in like a different headspace, I guess. Um, so there's actually a quote where, so when basically when like Steel, a gray man or whoever the fuck um, came in and was like, oh, like, do y'all want to join this comm and get rid of your origins and da da da. They were going to put, they, so originally Kostruma was going to put up a vote, right, on like, on like, what they were going to do moving forward. And at one point, Easton just goes rogue and is like, you got me fucked up. And so this is exactly what the quote says. Um, and, and just a quick preference, when they say you, it's from Hoa's narration. So he uses you in second person to refer to Eason. So it says, then you turn and lift the long knife, pivoting slowly to point it at each face. No vote, you say. It's so quiet that you can hear water trickling out of the pipes in the communal pool hundreds of feet below. Leave. Go join Renanus if they'll have you. But if you stay, no part of this comm gets to decide that any other part of this comm is expendable. No voting on who gets to be people. And I'm like, that just really stuck with me. Like, I already did when I first read it. But I think especially after this discussion, that just that concept of like, we should not be able to have that kind of power over one another to decide who gets to be a person who doesn't. I think honestly, yeah, removing that idea would just do a lot of good across the board. Um, and I just like that Eason said that and kind of brought voice to that. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe we should mention this in the prediction. Um, okay, so I'll do my quote and then I have a thought on what you said. Because I think it's the point of the the, the trilogy. I think that the whole, it's like, can we live peacefully together? And you're seeing mm-hmm. it slowly happen between, and that's why Castrimo is, is worth saving. And that's why Hoa and Eason's relationship is worth saving because it's built on, like, Hoa's trying to, like, understand humans. Like, when Lerna comes in, he's like, I mean, Lerna's smart enough. He'll get there. <laughs> like, as opposed to being like, <laughs> like, a- what was it? Acroboots was like, uh, Ethan, can you just <laughs> shut up already? <laughs> like, autonomy had no time for anyone. Uh, Astrology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Um, so for my quote, I'm just going to take the one that Marcy was going to read because I still think it's beautiful. Although I think your quote was apt for the situation. Um, so this one is about the network that occurs when Eason finally has her epiphany. And it goes, you see it suddenly, the network, a web of silver thread interlacing the land, permeating rock and even the magma just underneath, strung like jewels between forest and fossilized coral and pools of oil, carried through the air on the webs of leaping spiderlings, threads in the clouds through thin, strung, though thin, strung between the microscopic living things and water droplets, threads as high as your perception can reach, brushing against the very stars. Hmm. That'll put you to sleep. So I just, right? I'm like, just just play it in the background. Just oof. Just play mm-hmm. just just play it so I can it's like that episode of Dexter's Laboratory when he like played that cassette and he like could speak for it. Just play that <laughs> shit in the background. It just had me just playing with the stars, girl. Am I oh my god. How yes. are you gonna play Dexter's Laboratory? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just play it in the background. Shit. Um but yeah, so I guess we can get into our predictions of what's gonna happen in the next book and then yes. we can wrap up. So mine are fairly short. I do think that, yes, like, you know, obviously Nason and Eason are going to reunite in Renanis or whatever. Um, I think, I still think that, yeah, the Guardians are from, like, um, that, like, volcano that Alabaster saw, like, all those years ago with with Acrobat. So I think that's (laughs) going to kind of come together. I think, I hope they catch the moon. I hope. Truly, truly. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to die. Like, a lot of people mm. are going to die. But I do think that hopefully they catch the moon. And then maybe there's some kind of, like, hope at the end of all of this. Like, maybe it's like, okay, like, there are no more seasons. Who are we going to decide to be? But then it's also mm. like, well, maybe it's one of those ideas where it's like, the season was a convenient way to sort of, like, ah. like regenerate and become something else it's like okay just destroy everything and maybe be born anew but obviously that hasn't really happened so i don't know maybe if it doesn't happen like perhaps society will now move into a new direction um but yeah i hope it ends as well but if it didn't i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) so yeah so that's what i think what do you think so i i feel like father earth is still unclear like what what it is and what it wants. So I'm hoping book three explains or they talk again. They maybe sit down with a cup of tea, talk to Father Earth or someone comes in to explain what Father Earth is about. I understand Earth wants its moon back, but I just don't understand how the, if this was the most, you know, like efficient way to go about doing that. But um, yeah, so I hope that there's some clarity there. I think that Nason and Eason will um, like obviously meet, but I think it's going to be adversarial because i think nason is gonna be like yeah bring the moon back and i first of all i think i, I think because mr gray man doesn't care about anything i'm fairly sure that bringing the moon back is gonna kill everyone like <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. most people like i because I, they keep being like it's the end of a season which might make you believe oh yeah everything will go back to normal or it could mean that like the earth gets its moon back oh. and the earth is destroyed you know what i mean like Fuck, um, I didn't even think about that. The seasons will end. Oh, yeah. well, if the world doesn't exist anymore. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Like, it might put everything back into... But, like, think about it. it the moon moving out of, of the Earth's atmosphere most likely caused a huge season. For the moon to come back, that's flooding. That, you don't know. The moon controls a lot of things on Earth. <laughs> that's going to yeah. destroy a lot of stuff. So I don't think it's... Like you said, I think a lot of people are going to... If they bring the moon back, it's not going to be a good time. So I think Eason's going to be like... 
at a certain point be like, no, we can't bring the moon back. Everyone's going to kill everyone. And we might be able to like become one group of people. Like we might be able mm. to live together. And Nathan's going to be like, no, no. So they're going to be adversarial. And um, I don't know. I think, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what's going to happen. I think mm. Ethan's going to e- be turned into a stone eater. You know, actually, she'll probably, yeah. maybe she probably won't, right? She'll probably be like, I'm good. I'm good. But then maybe she'll want to see <laughs> Alabaster again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. See, these aren't even predictions. These are just thoughts. All right. So if you have your own <laughs> thoughts and predictions about what happens <laughs> next in the book, you can find us on Twitter at The Colored Pages or Instagram at These Colored Pages. Or you can just shoot us an email at These Colored Pages at gmail.com. We have a website thesecoloredpages.com and you can check us out you know read our little blog see what you gotta say um yeah yeah so and if you hey look if this show brought you some love some light or delight please leave us some love wherever you listen to podcasts you can comment you can rate or review uh yeah and also if you liked it like share it with someone tell a friend right like shit's dark right now but this is like a little bit of light in the darkness so yeah. yeah. So anyone that could benefit from the show um, or from this episode, just let them know about it because, you know, it helps our community to become even more colorful. Ooh. And so next time, um, I know we stopped doing this for a while, but, you know, next time uh, we're actually going to be talking about Mapping the Interior by Stephen Graham Jones, which is like a horror novella that pretty much tells a story about a boy who's being haunted by the ghost of his father. <gasps> Really fucking hype because you know October season hey. Halloween. So yeah, so we're doing like a little like a like a thing like a thing. So yeah, so up. like that's what we'll be reading next. Um, so yeah, get hype, get excited. But um, I guess that's pretty much everything. Aqua, is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, I think um until we see you guys again, just remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.